My dad was a huge fan of comic books. He was the type that thought his old box of books from the 60s and 70s would go on to net us a fortune. It, uh, it didn't. However, that old box of books worked a spell on me, and I became a fan too. We'd geek out over comic references and movies and TV shows, you know, before they became the reason for the season. And multiverse stuff always struck a chord. The butterfly effect, you dig? If I'd done this, or they did that, what might be different? Most times, those stories are a mutual lesson for both versions of a character. But the inevitable outcome doesn't mean the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad. A show for anyone who's ever loved and lost and anything in between. My name is Doug. Maxine isn't really a superhero fan, unless you count Super Grover. But she is super adorable, I'm biased, super curious, super capable, and requires superhuman levels of vigilance from me. I'm constantly thrilled to have the bond I share with my daughter. But I'll admit that choosing to be a stay-at-home parent was a way more demanding responsibility than I had originally anticipated. So, of course, there's some days that I wonder what life would have looked like if I'd kept working at the brewery. Ah, well, no way to know, right? Wrong. Well, sort of. I sat down this week with Rob Mullard of Metazoa Brewing Company. Rob and I have more than a little in common. We both spent years in the brewing industry. We're new fathers to young daughters. We've got wives that make our lives worth living. And so on. There is one major difference in our respective parent origin stories, and I couldn't resist the urge to visit that mirror universe. So, take it away, other me. Rob, thank you so much for being here. How the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. This is an honor and a privilege to join you. Hey, man. It's it's my honor to have you on. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just really glad that we can have this conversation. And the first thing that I wanted to ask you is, how's things going with Metazoa? Can you tell the people listening what, what's going on there? Uh, yeah, things are good. A little hectic. We're uh, a couple months into commissioning a new production facility involving a new brew house a bunch of new you know tanks and equipment um a brew house is really sweet um allows us to do a lot more things that also allow that also uh involve needing a lot more equipment and so you know new canning line new centrifuge a bunch of new lagering tanks um so you know it's been wild um you know starting on a new brew house and any, anytime you get one of these new pieces of equipment it's like starting a new job uh, an average week of work uh, looks like sort of running around doing any manner of tasks around the brewery. We're kind of all um, heavily involved in packaging, you know, on the canning line, um, running cellar work, you know, with yeast, dry hops, uh, cleaning tanks, and then just a couple of us that uh, will actually run the brew house. Um, but we're all pretty well versed in everything and we have to be relatively nimble and uh able to bounce around and do everything really uh, we run a pretty lean staff um and so 
you know, just your average 50 to 60 hour week running around an unair conditioned warehouse committing manual labor. It's the best job in the world. Now, Rob, it, it, uh, it behooves me to mention that a lot of that seems like what it takes to be a parent. Would you say so? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's, you know, being a part of, um, the management team at Metazoa, um, is a bit like herding cats at times. And that's kind of what you deal with, with the child. It's sort of the nonstop, uh, sweaty running around, having to figure out how to do everything and fix every problem. And also while having no idea how to run around and do those tasks and fix those problems. Right. Right. It's a real <laughs> learn on the job kind of environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. And having been in the beer industry before I, you know, moved over to taking care of Max full time, that was just kind of the, the lay of the land. It was very similar to what you're describing where every single day presents a new challenge and you have to deal with all those things. But in eight to 10 hours, boom, you were good. Of course, you were going to worry about some of those things that you would left behind and what you were going to be walking into the next day. But for at least that little while, that was your hyper-focus. Boom. Absolutely. I'm into this. And then you would go home. Free kid. Yep. Right? <laughs> you go home and you're going to relax. Or you're going to make some dinner and you're going to have a nice, chill evening. With your daughter, uh, I imagine that things have changed quite a bit, yeah? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm, you know, sometimes I'm lucky and... Uh... In the relaxation aspect, um, and, you know, she might be still napping, you know, when I get home, if I get home early enough. And so I'm able to catch up with my wife and talk about our day and uh, maybe open up a beer and kick up my feet for a few minutes before we get her up. But um, which is nice, but also literally the greatest thing in the entire world is coming home. And like the look of excitement on her face and she screams and she runs at me and she attacks me. It's the, it's the absolute best, but then, you know, you got to go straight into dad mode, which is, you know, after a day of work, sometimes is, you know, you want that moment to relax. <laughs> yeah. An old coworker of mine, back when I was still at founders, he would always say that when he clocked out of working at founders, that he would go home and clock in again. And I think a lot of that is, is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about here, which is that the duality of like the two quote unquote jobs. You don't want to see your home life as a job, but unfortunately when it comes to these these children being the relative age of our kids, unfortunately sometimes it's it's hard to, you know, uh remove one from the other. It's so much responsibility, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you get home and you got a clock right into dad mode, are there any tips and tricks that you've got, you know, <laughs> for anybody listening? Uh, about how to just kind of re-gear your brain real quick. Do you have anything that you do there? Or are you just like, all right, I got I to gotta grin and bear it. I got to grip it and rip it, and I got to go, baby. Well, really, and I will say that I have the massive benefit of an amazing wife who she's able to work from home. And so, you know, she tries to make sure Charlotte's in a good mood and fed and napped, by the, you know, and like tries to get her at elite uh, mode for me and and really we got super lucky charlotte's uh, just an absolute doll and uh, is generally a really happy baby so i don't like when she's awake and she comes and she sees me and she smiles real big it really kind of washes work away and it's not that hard to kick it into dad mode because she's just so happy to see me and we just play for a little bit and 
it, it, I'm able to click back, click into dad mode pretty quickly and relatively stress-free, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A relatively easily, easy transition, if you will. <laughs> now, one thing that I did want to talk about, especially for those that are unfamiliar with the beer industry, is that beer can be a labor of love, like a huge labor of love. You even touched on it when we first started talking here that it can be for, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week that you, you generally enjoy that physical labor aspect because a beer, again, for those who are unfamiliar, can generally be finished. And I'm talking day one to it's being enjoyed in a pub or at home in roughly a month's time. If you design the recipe, then great. That is your baby. You know, in this example, a yep. metaphorical baby and you're enjoying it and you envision the possibility of what it will look like, but you get that all in that very short time frame. And wonder of wonders, that beer helps you relax at the end of the day. <laughs> but with our kids and, and raising our kids, we're talking years and years and years of dedication and involvement until we see any sort of uh, I, I, I hesitate to use the word benefit but that's what i'm going to focus on now sure yeah <laughs> before we see a benefit to you know our our hours of labor and and the work that we're putting in here and again i i i hate that i'm using the word work but it's just something that i can immediately grab and uh kind of toss out there to the audience so when you come home and you're really stressed and it's not as easy to click into dad mode what do you cling on to in your brain? Is there a time where you look at Charlotte and they're like, oh man, someday it's going to be like this. Or do you grab at a thought in your mind or, or something like, do you see a picture of her from when she was a newborn and think like, oh man, remember when she was this small? What, is, what does your process look like for being work mode versus family mode? Well, it's a lot easier right now. And you know how it is with kid like young kids where it's like everything's kind of a blur i've forgotten everything that happened more than two weeks ago and so currently uh she's really happy and she's a lot of fun so um that level of sort of stress and like the work aspect of it and like getting through like she just wants to play you know and so that makes it easy where it's 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 an easy transition where it's um I'm able to just look at the pure joy on her face when I kick in dad mode and play with her and chase her around and throw her up in the air and tickle her, you know, I mean, that's kind of the stage we're in right now. So, I mean, it's a really instant gratification when it comes to that. And I think, you know, it's, you transition kind of from, well, you have to do this or your baby's going to die. <laughs> it's just, you know, as sort of morbid as that sounds, you know, your, your primary goal for so long is simply keeping a baby alive. And now, you know, you're just trying to be there as somebody who's goofing off with her at this point. Um, you know, I think we're getting close to the point where uh, it's more important to start working on things like learning, you know, so, you know, that'll be another hurdle for sure. So she's 13 months old. And right now, you know, you, we work on a little bit on speech things, but um, it's, it's really, I hate to say that that's it. Cause obviously there's a lot of things. So it's like, you know, we kind of babble at her and, say things and hope that she parrots it. Um, but outside of that, it's mostly just having fun and keeping her in a good mood um, so that she doesn't turn into a little hellion. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that entirely. Uh, Maxine at 16 months old is is more about uh, a constant 
a constant endeavor to make sure that things are tacitly making sense for her where, you know, I point at that. Okay. Well, this does this and this does this. And she's a very kind of intuitive individual where she's always trying to make sure that things work and trying to understand how it works. And I feel like my biggest job, the the thing that I struggle with the most is always trying to make sure that I'm taking the time to remember that's all she cares about. Yeah. And I, I always, yeah, exactly. I, I peel myself back all the time, especially when it comes to minor frustrations, like uh, minor and or major frustrations. Like she didn't ask to be born. She never asked for that. So if I'm part of the reason that she exists on this planet at all, I better make sure I'm showing up so that she can have the best life possible going forward. And even though I know that she will eventually someday be a kid and a a tween and a teenager and then eventually an adult, she's not that right now. And it all does move so fast, but she cares about this in this moment and I better show up for it. Yeah, definitely. And then you saying all those words out loud now just absolutely terrified me. <laughs> that's the, you know, that's the, and that's the prospect, right? It's like, there's, that's what's so challenging, right? So again, it's like with work, um, it's like I've been doing it for 10 years, basically by 32. So I mean, my entire adult life basically has been spent um, working in a brewery, you know, as they say, it's, you know, I've got my 10,000 hours. And so, um, you know, in, and brewing, you know, you really, you would know this, you know, you sort of operate on standard operating procedures, you know, you're very by the book, um, everything is done, you know, you're very strict and narrow on sort of your your practices and processes on certain things, you know, and then, you know, I, I'm a little bit more free in that now that I know what I'm doing, um, but it t- took me a long time to get to the point where I feel like I can kind of freestyle, you know, but it's like, that's the way that you sort of learn things, and that's how I that is the best way um, that I find for myself to learn is sort of by following these very tight and narrow practices. And, uh, and that's impossible with a kid. (laughs) And so, you know, you don't know when the moment comes to change where it's like, like I said, right now, it's just, Hey, we're, I'm goofy dad. You know, that's, that's like 90% of my job is just being goofy dad. And like, I mean, it's, it's the best, but it's like, I don't, you know, they don't tell you when it's like, all right, I enjoy this week. Cause next week, you know, she's going to be two or three and, you know, you're having to explain to her why, you know, why we don't do certain things and stuff like that. So it's that sort of, as you say, it goes in the blink of an eye and then, you know, you're raising a preteen and then an adult, you know, and things like that. It's like, oh man, it goes, it goes really quick and you, it's impossible to know when you arrive there and you have to be completely nimble um, and on your feet and it's just like this constant it feels like this constant game of again like kind of like what i said with our new brewing equipment and all this stuff it's like it's like almost starting a new job you know so it's like it's really the same thing i found with charlotte it's like every time she learns something new or she changes in these certain ways or she learns all moves on to these new activities you're having to learn on the fly and it's like starting a new job every every week sometimes it seems um and it just is, yeah, it's just sort, sort of, <laughs> you know, when you when you get too far out and, you know, you zoom out a little bit, it seems like this horrifyingly uh, gigantic task of raising a human being. Um, but, you know, live like living in those moments like we get to right now currently. And, and of course, I'm sure that's how it is throughout uh, parenting, you know, with sort of varying degrees of difficulty. But uh, it's it's nice to just, you know, 
you know, zoom back in in those moments and say, okay, like today we're just chasing Charlotte around. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm so glad you said that because part of the reason that I wanted to talk to you is that you and I have that kind of dovetailed experience where you're still in the brewery, you're still working, and your daughter is 13 months, and I'm at home and I'm with my daughter all the time. And, you know, I, I kind of get, it's so easy for me to kind of get lost and mired in the like, oh man, how am I going to get this next meal out there? And how am I going to make sure that I clean up after the meal? And how am I going to pick up all the stuff that was destroyed during the day? And how am I going to keep the dog from bowling her over when she wants to go to the door? And how do I make sure that all of these little milestones are met? And it's not that I get too lost in the minutia of all those things, but I, I like, I'm so close to my own problem that I, I love the opportunity to talk to somebody like you and peel it back and be like, all right, I'm not alone. <laughs> uh, lots of other people have gone through this type of stuff. Had I done it this other way, we still would be dealing with these exact same issues. It's just, when do you deal with it and how much energy do you have at what point of the day to deal with it? And I think it's very important uh, to note that one of my main things that I tried to beat back from my own father, uh, uh, you know, a, I, I hate to say it, but kind of one of the negative but behavioral traits that I picked up from him was a, a tendency to let my frustration just kind of change my personality. It a real cool, at a real quick clip, all of a sudden I, I can go from like the happy jovial tossing dad, like you're talking about to just this, especially when it comes to the dog now. I can go to this just like, no, you do this and like really hit that voice. And as another friend of mine says, go full height and like all of a sudden change my demeanor. And my daughter doesn't understand what what is happening there, you know, and she doesn't deserve that. So I struggle with that every single day to just be like, OK, these are minor things in the grand scheme of time. You know, it doesn't matter. None of this is going to matter. Nobody's going to care that she, you know pulled half of the toilet paper off the toilet paper roll and chucked it into the toilet or that, <laughs> you know, uh, she was coming toward the back door or that she was trying to color the wrong thing with the crayons. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. So I should care only as much as it matters in like, is this going to matter tomorrow? Is it going to matter five years from now? No. So I try to think about that every day. Do you have anything that might've been baked into you from your parents that you try to like shirk off? Oh, where do we start uh, now? Um, well, I mean, a big thing for me, and I don't know if we've talked about this, but, you know, my parents were divorced. And so I mean, that's kind of where it all starts for me. And like my I mean, again, <laughs> use the term blessed when discussing a divorce. You know, My parents were very amicable, amicable. You know, my mom moved into a house like a mile away. Like I saw my parents all the time. If I ever, you know, wanted to go, like just felt like seeing my dad, you know, I'd my mom would say, well, call him. And if he says, yes, we'll pack a backpack, you know? So like things like that, you know, they're very cordial. Um, but just in general, um, you know, I, I see the way that my, um, you know, you're able to sort of look back and see at times where my, my mom was probably not a good wife. My dad was probably not a good husband. And, you know, I'm sure they each had their own reasons why their, why their marriage worked out. And it's, those are the things that I try to beat away is, and that's kind of, I think, where it starts with parenting is the foundation of the parents, you know, um, and creating a good and safe and loving household for your children to be brought up in. Um, and so that's a big one for me. Um, 
just on like, that's just, you know, very baseline is, you know, having a healthy and loving relationship with my wife, um, which is, I mean, which is hard with a child, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just in general, like making sure we're on the same page and, you know, that that's my teammate, um, is super important. Um, and I just, you know, I think that we, you know, we have our narcissistic tendencies, you know, and I am constantly having to beat away um, the feelings of selfishness. And it, I don't always win, you know, and I get frustrated, you know, um, you know, because you feel like you lose a bit of yourself, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, I was always in the bowling league and, you know, I used to go golf and, you know, you go and have bonfires with your friends and you have these sort of traditions that you had with like your groups of friends and, you know, some of that, um, um, gets a little bit lost. Right. And so, um, just trying to remember that, that, you know, that your family is the most important thing in the world right now. And that, uh, you know, that things just change and that's okay. And, uh, and try not to be selfish about your own sort of endeavors or, you know, without losing yourself entirely, you know, cause you still need your own things, but, um, being able to do, do my best to, to not just be completely selfish all the time. And, you know, when I come home from work and don't want to play, it's like, it's not about whether or not you want to play, like go play. Like that's your job, you know? Yeah. I thought um, about this before we sat down to talk tonight. I was like, you know, one, one thing that a lot of other brewers deal with is they'll make their beer and that beer is their baby and it's their creation. It's their thing that they want to send out into the world, you know, whether it be a lager or an ale, whatever, what have you. This is all metaphorical gobbledygook that I'm talking about, but I think you'll get what I'm saying. <laughs> and a lot of times people will send these beers out into the world and then you get these reviews and they start coming in uh, like, oh, a lager shouldn't have this flavor or an ale shouldn't have this or, uh, you know, it tasted like blah, 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 whatever flowery, you know, inappropriate language you want to toss in there. But you know what I would take is a million and one one star reviews for a beer that is just going to be replaced by the next one that's coming in that next four week cycle rather than a one star review for my daughter when I'm done parenting her and she's an adult out there in the world. Well, we can agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you want? You want her to get on untapped? Not very good. Didn't listen yeah, I, often. Yeah. You're like, I, I get it. You know, there's, there's going to be those times and Maxine has really started to do that where it's like, you know, I didn't let you, sorry, I didn't let you dunk your head in the toilet. Sorry, kid. You're not going to do that today. Uh, I understand <laughs> that you want to cry about that, but ultimately yeah. what I would really love is that she just understands and, and forms a kind of an opinion of me being a parent that I always cared that I always showed up. That is one thing that my dad gave to me that I'll never lose. And my mom gave to me. They were always there and they always cared. And even if they didn't speak my particular language, they tried. You know, it's like in a movie when somebody's trying to talk to an alien and you can tell that there is communication there, even though they're not saying the same words. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was it was always there. And that's what I'm just trying to formulate, especially being so close to her all the time and like being so so involved in every little step. Like I know I'm lucky. I know I'm lucky, but I can't help being frustrated. I know that a million people in the world would want to be a stay-at-home parent, but it's extremely difficult work. And this comes from somebody who used to work in a brewery. You work in a brewery. I know it's tough work. And I'm not trying to warn anybody away from it, yes. but I am trying to say that even when you're in those moments, 
it's all going to be worth it at some point. It's just not as quick as making a beer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the beauty of it, right? It's like, you still get the reward of the tough work. And I mean, it's like, what a blessing it must be, you know, for Max to have you around. I mean, that's, it's one of those, you know, I know so many, you know, you know, a lot of people it was more common sort of of our parents' generation to be, to have stay at home parents. Um, I did not, you know, my parents worked, but you know, my wife, um, um, her mom stayed at home. You know, I have an older sister who stayed at home and it's, I mean, those are my only two closest examples. And it's like, well, those kids turn out pretty great, you know? And I think that that's so important and that's what makes it so challenging in sort of today's society where, you know, you gotta be a two income family and, you know, you can't afford a mortgage and, you know, student loans are ridiculous, you know, with their interest rates. And so it's significantly less common these days. Um, but it's like, I mean, what a blessing to be able to do that because I, I don't think, it's what's hard and that's why i try to sort of again beat away that selfishness because i believe that the attention of your parents is super critical and you know what better way to give your child attention than by being there every day you know yeah it's i mean that's a beautiful thing to be able to spend your time with your family with your kid and to be a stay-at-home dad i mean it's amazing man i've told i mean i've told you you know how much i just think that's so cool you know and it's a massive decision and a lot of work but it seems like generally in the long run, it's just your kids are better off when you spend more time with them. You know, they're she's better off with the 40 to 50 hours a week with you than she is with you. Yeah, but at the same time, I'll I'll offer you this and I'll further contextualize my statement. I don't mean to say that, you know, being a stay at home parent is is more difficult than working in a brewery. It's just being work, being a stay at home parent for me is more difficult than working in the brewery was for me. Of course, I dealt with everything, but like I was able to hang my head yeah. up at the end of well, the day, sure. you know, and and go home. And now my home is my work, and yeah. the two <laughs> yeah. are kind of always interlinked in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I guess I didn't anticipate the level that I would just sort of naturally associate those two things as the same. And there are always pockets every single day where it's just like this is the most magical moment of my entire life, and then the dog bowl gets flipped. Or this is the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And then there's a crayon next to the wall or, you know, something along those lines ad nauseum. And this is nothing that any parent who has paid attention to their child hasn't experienced. <laughs> and I'm sure you've been there. You know, how many dogs do you have? You got two is dogs? It, I got two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, do they, the, do the, they the... constantly bowl your daughter over yet or what? Oh my God. Well, dude, we have two Bernie's Mountain Dogs, so we got about two hundred fifty bucks worth, or two hundred fifty bucks, two hundred fifty pounds worth of fluff, and uh, and uh, you know they're they're really good. I mean, there's a re you know there's part of the reason that we sort of wanted to go with them for our do dogs is because they're they're gentle giants, they're they're family dogs, you know, they're very good, um, they're very sweet dogs, but they just are so big, it's impossible. Um, and I mean, she comes bare and it's just, she loves them so much that she goes barreling towards them and they don't even know she's there and they turn around and, you know, just, just earlier today, you know, our younger dog turned around and just hit her straight in the face with his mouth, you know, which did not, did not feel great. Uh, you know, so, uh, but the, the dog bowl thing killed me. Yeah. Cause we have water bowls that we keep out for them and she just loves like, she goes and just like splashes her hand in the bowl. She'll like pull, she'll like pull them off. We have them sitting on like our um, the hearth of our fireplace, and so 
a number of times she's like pulled them down, you know, pulled them down off them, just water all over the, all over the carpet, which is really great. Another weird thing about being like the transition to parenthood is I always envisioned, and I had talked about it in one of the previous episodes that like, my dog is going to love my kid. My kid is going to love my dog. And what I ended up with is my kid being obsessed with my dog and my, you know, aging dog, not giving a lick about whether or not his sister is anywhere near him and could, you know, probably benefit from her being farther away from him very often. I guess this is the, the point of this whole conversation is that when you're mired in chaos and you can't extricate yourself from work or you're so passionate about something that you get so stuck in whether or not you're doing it and doing it well, and you want to make sure that it's always going to work in your case, working at the brewery and raising a child in my case, trying desperately to raise this child, even though I hadn't been a big kid person before she arrived, I always wanted kids, but I never knew how much work it would be. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. So you're like most men. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah. But I'm, I'm obsessed. I think she is, the the greatest creature on the planet. I think she is the best thing I will ever do. I think that she has a future much greater than anything I've achieved in my entire life. And I think I've done okay. But that selfishness is what I try to peel back. I try to be selfless. I try to thrust into every single day. And sometimes it falls apart almost immediately. <laughs> but I try to move into every single day with that understanding that like, my story is at its midpoint. Hers just began. And if I can't give her a hell of an intro into the world, that's my fault. And I don't want to be that asshole. Yeah, that's, uh, and what better way to do it? I mean, that's like, you know, you're diving, you know, you're diving in head first, you know, into the deep end. And that's so, that's why I say it's, you know, it's so admirable, but I, I have to say, I agree with you so much um, about, how impossible it is to understand. And of course, everybody says it and it's so hilarious and it's so cliche and it's so true. It's just like the, the profound love that you have for your kids that is just like immeasurable and unimaginable. Like I always say that I feel like the, the, you know, at the end of the Grinch where, you know, his, his heart grew three, three sizes too big, you know, where it's just like, it's just hard to imagine uh, loving someone else um, so much and so selflessly and then you still hate them at the same time sometimes, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and, it, and it's, it's just a, it's just this hilarious duality of like profound love and nothing has made me more miserable at a, not miserable at a time, miserable in moments, you know, but like just has really just raised my blood pressure and, <laughs> and uh, caused me sleepless nights and both like literally and, you know, sort of physically and emotionally <laughs> sleepless nights, you know? Um, yeah. All of the stress and uh, the work and, but it, it's the most, I don't know. It's the most incredibly impactful thing I've ever experienced. And it's just, it's bizarre. I don't know. It really is hard to put into words, honestly. Well, Rob, I got to be honest, I can't imagine a better sentiment with which uh, we should start wrapping up this conversation with. But before we go, I thought I'd hit you with some rapid fire questions. Does that sound good to you? Let's do it. All right. Uh, any parenting advice that you got before you actually met Charlotte that really resonated with you and that you'd want to share? Sleep training. It didn't resonate with me until we got to that point. 
but sleep training your child is amazing. Any parenting advice you got from either of your parents that has stuck with you until now? I know we had already previously discussed, you know, some of the things that we learned from our parents that we kind of want to shirk off. Is there anything that you carry with you to this day? Uh, just being loving and present. That's the that's the biggest thing I think that my parents always instilled in me. You know, going to baseball games, going and just being present is often the best thing that you can do as a parent. Most fun moment you've had with your whole family. You, your wife, your daughter, your dogs, all together. Can you hit me with one? Uh, we went and did um, this spring. We went down to, I have some family property south of here. And we went and wandered the woods and did a little bit of morel mushroom hunting. And it was really adorable watching Charlotte grab at leaves and stuff like that. She was in the front-facing baby carrier on my wife and the dogs roaming around in the woods. We just don't get to do that sort of off-leash roaming thing very often. And that was really beautiful and a fun thing that I always enjoy that I got to drag my whole family to do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for coming on the show here. It means the world to me to have a conversation and kind of re-gear my perspective. And uh, I'm glad that you shared your thoughts on being a parent with anyone who was willing to listen. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Hey, I really appreciate it. It was really great chatting with you. Now, generally, those comic book stories visiting parallel versions of yourself boil down to the fact that the grass isn't always greener. You should appreciate what you've got. Or you should acknowledge that the steps you've taken to get where you are were never taken lightly. Rob really helped me remember to dig deep in the small moments with Maxine. You know what? My dad would have done the exact same thing. Superheroes. The both of them. I know some of you Michigan-based listeners are wondering if you can pick up any of that Metazoa beer in our neck of the woods. Unfortunately, we can't. But if you make that trip south... You keep an eye out. I know Rob and his family would appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. New episodes are released weekly during the season run. If you like what you heard, you can follow along with us over on social media. We have an Instagram and a Facebook at MDIDpod. Or you can send us an email, especially if you want to be a guest on the show. MDIDpodcast at gmail.com Thanks, as always, to Andy Bird for the use of the music in this show. Now, this week's Wally Wisdom is not one that Dad said directly to me, but it's one he would have signed off on. You see, Dad, especially in those last few years, could always be counted on to want to watch any of the Avengers flicks. And he may not have ever said, I love you 3000, directly to me. But he said, I love you a hell of a lot more than 3,000 times. So tell your loved ones you care and show it as often as you can. We'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>